All right, let's open our Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 8. We're continuing our studies about how to be spiritual. I'm going to give you just a real quick review of what we talked about uh, last week of walking in the Spirit. And uh, this is very important. Tonight we're going to talk about walking after the Spirit. So in the Word of God, the King James Bible, every word is eternal. Every word is on purpose. Every word is very significant. <clears throat> so there are no... You just can't say that's a synonym and they mean the same thing. So walking in the Spirit is different than walking after the Spirit. And we want to look at this. This is the goal to be in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, walk after the Spirit. So if you look at Romans chapter 8, please, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His <clears throat> excuse me, own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is life, I'm sorry, death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So it's in here a few times, but if you look back at verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the study. Help us to understand it and to do it justice uh, that we could understand uh, the Bible doctrine, terminology, to define things scripturally so that we can discuss these things practically. We yield your spirit that he would do the work. We realize without thee we can do nothing. We put no confidence in the flesh and we say like Paul, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. We pray that you convict us and uh, charge us to walk in the Spirit and after the Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So just a real quick review of the foundation we laid last week. Uh, there are two types of doctrines uh, in Paulinian theology New Testament, you have positional and practical. So positional is our legal standing before God in heaven. Every soul has a legal standing. They are either justified by faith or through faith in Christ, or they are under the condemnation of God. There are no others, no exceptions one or the other, either justified through imputed righteousness, um, 
through faith in Christ or under the condemnation of God, uh, lost and undone. So there are three types of people that we've been looking at. Natural man is lost with a depraved, sinful nature. Then you have carnal man, which is saved but not spiritual. And this is what most professing Christians are. They are carnal. Uh, they're saved. They're on their way to heaven. Praise the Lord. But they're still controlled by the flesh. That's a carnal man. And then you have spiritual man, which is uh, to be spirit-led, spiritual, have the mind of Christ, always considering the will of God, the Word of God, yielding to the Spirit of God, and the fruit of the Spirit then overcoming the works of the flesh. So a carnal person is sensitive, as we looked at, fleshly. They're controlled by the senses, what you, they see, smell, taste, hear, experience. Um, very, very fleshy. Now, a spiritual person, though, it means to take a full breath. Now, notice it says a full breath, or that's what it means, not a partial. So some people breathe, I'm convinced, with uh, a very small percentage of their breathing capacity with their lungs in concert with their kidneys and their heart taking a full, deep, relaxed breath. Very few people do that. And very few Christians take a full breath spiritually to be filled with the Spirit of God. So we looked at, there are, according to Galatians 5, there are people who are in the Spirit, there are people led of the Spirit, and there are people who walk in the Spirit. So conversely, if they're not in it, they're out of it. So a lost person is not in the Spirit, and they are um, undone. They are natural. So we looked at last week, I'm just covering this uh, briefly. You have the Spirit lives in the belly. Out of the belly will flow rivers of living water. And then the Bible tells us to hide the word in our heart uh, that we might not sin against God. The seed of affection, uh, the complete us. And then we are to have the mind of Christ, which is in the head. And the mind is the catalyst of the Spirit-filled life. You have to have the mind of Christ. You have to get the Word in your mind and meditate upon it. It becomes a part of you. You memorize it. Then you hide it in your heart. And then the mind and the heart and the belly work in concert. And this is what it takes to be a spiritual man. So the spirit could move mightily, move on the heart. That could trigger thoughts. Or you could, while I was musing the fire burn, you could think deeply in the mind with the mind of Christ. That will affect the heart and the moving. And then you yield to the spirit of God. So tonight, though, we're talking about walking after 
the spirit. So this word after, it's obviously different. Things different are not the same than walking in the spirit. And the word after means the manner thereof. So if you are after something, it means that you are true to the nature of something. You are following something and you are loyal to the nature of it and the manner of it. So that's what it means to be after the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit and you're after the Spirit, then everything you do and your main goal is to be in harmony and unity with the Holy Spirit of God, the things of the Spirit of God, and it's true to its nature. So I want to, by way of introduction, remind you that this is not an emulation. According to Galatians 5, emulations are a work of the flesh. So an emulation is to copy or to act or to put on a show. That's a work of the flesh. Uh, isn't it uh, sad that in America, in a lot of modern cultures, the people who are the most admired and worshipped are actors. And for some reason, they seem to think they're better than other people when they're an imposter. They're not even true to who they are. They, might, they may not even know or understand who they are, but they're very skilled, apparently, at acting like somebody else. And I've uh, heard about they will study and and try to uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, well, they emulate these other people, and they get a lot of money. They're very popular. They're very very powerful. But walking after the flesh is not emulation. So you have a lot of people who try to conform to Christianity just like they're conformed to the world, they're not transformed by the renewing of their mind. What happens is that they emulate Christianity. So they see people dress a certain way. They try to do that to fit in. They hear the language or the jargon, the terminology. They try to use that. They maybe learn some songs and they'll learn, you know, glory to God, amen, or uh, whatever the situation calls for. And they do certain things because they're trying to fit in, but that is an emulation or work of the flesh. If it's true and if it is real, it will originate in the Holy Spirit of God, which their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they will walk after the manner of the Spirit. They're not copying it. It's the manner of it because they are in it. So if you think of the nature of something, you know, water, it's uh, liquid. It forms. It finds a way. And the spirit has a nature. And the spirit, the Bible says, is the comforter. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. So when Jesus went to heaven after he was seen of men, um, he left the believers a comforter. And he said he would testify of me. 
He will tell you what I would tell you if I were present. He will do in your life what I would do if I were present, but I'm ascending to sit down at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you. The Spirit is the nature of the Godhead that now lives in the believer. And if you're saved, you're in that spirit through the one spirit baptism, Ephesians chapter 4. And if you're in it, you're supposed to be after it. Be true to the nature of the Holy Spirit. I, I say this uh, quite often. The main problem with Christians is they're disloyal. They're disloyal to God, and they're disloyal to the Holy Spirit indwelling, and because of that, they're disloyal to themselves. So they're a, a hypocrite because they're not true to who they are. Who are they? They are, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, and our lives are hid with Christ in God, and if you're in the Spirit, you're supposed to walk after the manner of the Spirit. So if you're discerning, you can know this about yourself. I'm in the Spirit. I'm trying to walk after the Spirit. And then as you observe other people, not because you're being a nosy or a gossip or a meddler, you're just observant. You can recognize that was not after the Spirit. That was not spiritual. They're in the Spirit, but they're not after the Spirit. So to move from being, excuse me, carnal, sensitive, fleshy, controlled by the lust, whatever feels good, you have to first realize, I'm in the Spirit. I am in the Spirit. Once you do that, you then make the decision, I want to walk after the spirit in which I am in. So there is a unity with, follow me, the positional standing of the believer justified by faith, standing in the righteousness of the Son of God uh, before the, the Heavenly Father. This then will cause us to walk after the spirit. Every positional doctrine always affects the practical lifestyle. So notice what it says in Romans 8, 1, and you really ought to memorize this, at least the first part. There is therefore now no condemnation which, uh, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who do what? Walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So just think about that. We will never be brought to trial in heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. You'll never stand before God and have your sin judged. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. You'll never be indicted. There will never be witnesses. You will never be found guilty. The sentence will never be executed. You know why? You'll never be brought to trial. Praise the Lord. And because of that, this affects who you are because it is who you are because that positional standing 
is in concert or harmony with your nature. And what is your nature? You're in the Spirit. You walk after the Spirit. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So, if we would be true to ourself, our legal standing before God, what is your legal standing? Justified. Just as if you've never sinned. Amen. You know, I think we take that for granted sometimes. Uh, praise the Lord. Past, present, future sin. All paid for by the blood of Christ. And the Bible says you're bought with the price. Therefore, notice this, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So that little s... Now, this goes back to what we talked about quite a while back. You have free will to live your life by the Spirit you choose, a little less, to realize you're in the Spirit, capital Holy Spirit, and to walk after the Spirit, Holy Spirit. So how does this happen? It takes a higher law, a more powerful lawmaking body to set us free from a lower law. So we use the illustration, you might go to court, there would be a decision rendered, you might disagree with the decision, you could appeal to what? A higher court. And then sometimes you could appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, sad to say, they don't appeal to the Third Heaven Court. Um, it stops either like at the, the Texas Supreme Court or the, the Federal Supreme Court. Um, but the higher law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So how do we get this law enacted? How do we get under the auspices or the power of this law of spirit and life? It's by faith. It's, it's, I know that you're looking for a mysterious, deep answer. No, it's, it's by faith. You put your faith in Christ. You get born again. Now you're baptized in the Spirit. The Spirit lives in you. Now you're in it. Now you walk after it. But this has to originate by a higher law. So let's look at this um, in the text. And it's really amazing uh, when you think about it. So look at verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. If you have the victory tonight, and hopefully you do. If you have a testimony tonight that God changed your life, you have the hope of eternal life, the blessed hope, you're not having hope in this life only, and you're, of all men, most miserable. You have eternal life. You're trying to run the race set before you and lay hold on eternal life. How did you get that? But it tells us, look at verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law 
of sin and death. Now here's how it happened. Look at verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, and there it is, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So what did God do? He sent His Son through the miracle of the virgin birth and the doctrine of the incarnation. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And He in the likeness of sinful flesh, all God, all man, yet without sin, tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin, and in that body of the likeness of sinful flesh, He was victorious, praise the Lord, over sin, death, hell, and the grave by coming in the likeness of sinful flesh. And because of that, this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has done what? Made us free from the law of sin and death. So you are not under the bondage or the power of that law where you have to obey it and suffer the consequences and be enslaved by the lust of the flesh. It's a higher law. And God set us free. Why? We're in the Spirit. Excuse me. <clears throat> but we walk after the Spirit. So what is the catalyst practically? How is this going to become a reality? How can we live this? How can we rise up above the world, the flesh, and the devil? How can we rise up above the five senses and the lust of the flesh? The mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Be transformed by uh, the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world. Get, be renewed, as we looked at last week, in the spirit of your mind. So, the carnal mind is at enmity against God, but we have the mind of Christ. So let's keep reading here. Look at verse 5. Romans 8, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. So if you're after it, you're going to be true and mind it. You're after it. You are a sensitive person. You will follow the flesh. But look at this, verse 5, but they that are after the Spirit, praise the Lord, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, keep reading. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life 
because of righteousness. It goes on to say that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal body. Now look at verse 8. It says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. What verse does this relate to? Hebrews eleven six. Without faith it is impossible to please God. With faith you please God. By faith, you get baptized in the body of Christ. By faith, now your body is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're born again, regenerated. Now, by faith, you're in the Spirit. You walk in the Spirit. You walk after the Spirit. So, how do you know you're in the Spirit and you have the potential to walk after the Spirit? So let's just look at this uh, in conclusion. Look at verse 9. <laughs> it says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Number one, you have the indwelling Spirit. Now you say, how do I know the Spirit indwell?" Because if you're saved, God said He's in there, and just believe what God said, and recognize Him, and start paying attention, yield to the Spirit, believe God. The Bible says if you're in Christ, the Spirit's in you. I don't need any explanation. I don't, I don't need a tingly feeling, though you'll get it. Uh, I, don't, I don't need anything like that. The just shall live by faith. God said the Spirit's in you. Do you believe it or not? I do. Why? God said it. That's all I need. Number two, look at verse 11. It says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, Ultimately, this is the resurrection of our body at the rapture, when we go up to meet the Lord in the air. But spiritually, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's going to begin to quicken you. Now that quickening means to be brought back alive. It's alive. It's not just barely breathing. It's a full breath. It's not just getting by. It's the power of God to overcome the lust of the flesh and the devil and all that's out there in the world. The, the resurrection power is available if you'll believe what God said and start acknowledging it and make it a hope and a goal. This is the purpose of Christianity, to raise us up. From what? Death and sin. How? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Do you have the indwelling spirit? Will you acknowledge him? Do you feel the quickening? God wants to bring back to life the things that sin killed. God wants to bring back the victory and the power of Christ in our life that we have lost through the what? The law of sin and death, but now we have this new law. 
the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then look at verse 16. <laughs> Number three, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So it says in verse 16 that the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. So you have capital S, Holy Spirit, bears record with our spirit, little s, that we are the children of God. So number three, we have the inner witness. <coughs> Excuse me. How do you know? The Holy Spirit tells me I'm saved. Excuse me, got choked. The Holy Spirit tells us we're saved. If you don't have that, you're not saved. If you just listen, be still, sit still a while, look inward, listen, there is a witness that you're saved. I know that I'm saved. Why? Bible says I am. Not only that, I have a quickening. Not only that, the witness is in me. You know, at, at a trial, I called my next witness to the stand. Uh, next time you're feeling a little bit depressed or downing, you know, having a rough time, call the witness to the stand. I call the witness. Who? Holy Spirit of God. What's he going to say? You're saved. <laughs> I'm in you. I've quickened you. The Bible says I'm in you. My very presence is in you. Feel it. Do you feel it? He's in you. He witnesses that you're saved. I know that I know that I know that I know. Bible tells me I am. It tells me. First uh, John five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And He quickens. Things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. I haven't arrived yet, but God changed my life. And the witness is in you. Now, if that's true, the lost are out of the Spirit. The saved are in the Spirit. What are you supposed to do? Walk in the Spirit as you are led of the Spirit. And then walk after the Spirit be true to the nature of the Spirit. So, uh, if you were being spiritual, hopefully you try, and in the old days they had something was called the TV Guide. I never even, I don't know if I ever watched it, looked at one. So here you are, you got the eternal Word of God, the old King James, and then you got the TV Guide, and you're going to walk in the Spirit, after the Spirit, and you yield to the Spirit, and you're making this choice, uh, which is the manner of which I am? Am I going to walk after this book or after the TV guide? What's, what's going to be true to the Spirit? After the Spirit, you're going to go to this book every time. So what happens then is people who are saved, they're in it, they don't walk after it. So they'll pick this, the phone 
over this book. They'll pick the hell of vision over this book. They'll pick talking to people over talking to God. They'll talk asking men to solve their problems rather than getting on their face before God and asking God to solve their problem. They don't walk after the spirit in which they are in. So spirituality is available. You can be spiritual. And notice it says, use your spirit, little less, to, to walk with God's spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, you know you're saved. All right. Um, we're going to have a real quick meeting. Lord willing, won't be 